The name of the story is Sfat. Sfat is a city in northern Israel which is known for mysticism, it's known for Kabbalah, it's, it's known for the you know, more the heebie-jeebie elements of, uh, of Judaism. And this is a story about my first trip to Sfat. It, it's in fact, this is a story that involves my first trip to Israel. My family had the tradition that uh, all the children were given a gift from my parents, which is a round trip or a single trip uh, to Israel once they became bar or bat mitzvah. And once you, you know, got to 18 years old, usually you would take advantage of it and go. In this case, in my case, I was 30 years old. Uh, I still had not used my trip to go to Israel. I was an I was a religious type of person. I didn't keep Shabbos, but uh, I did take the high holidays very seriously, uh, and I believed in many of the belief type things that uh, I now hold, you know, even on a daily day basis. Um, anyway, so this is my first trip to Israel. And I've toured around a little bit. I've been down to, you know, all around. I've been all around Israel. And now I'm going to Sfat. Uh, I'm on a bus. And I come to Sfat. It's late in the afternoon. And I, at that point, at that point I was trying to catch the Mincha davening. And so I managed to find myself to the old part of Sfat. Uh, and I found myself getting, find the shul, and I went in, and it was right on time for Mincha, we davened. And after davening, uh, one of the, you know, Hasidim, you know, long beard, long payas, older looking guy, uh, came over to me, and, you know, obviously could see I'm traveling around with a big backpack. So he asked me where I was staying. Well, I had typically been staying in El- in youth hostels when I was in Israel, various cities. Uh, so I told him I was going to stay in the youth hostel. So he says, no, 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 no. You can't stay in the youth hostel. Come with me. Come back to the yeshiva. And you'll, you can stay in the yeshiva. How long are you staying? Where are you from? Uh, what are, you know, where are you going? Those kind of things. So... I figured, you know what, fine. It probably wouldn't be such a bad idea. I'll stay in the yeshiva. Instead of staying in a youth hostel, might be, you know, at least I'll get kosher food and whatever. So I accepted his invitation. And I remember, I imagine we probably just walked back to the yeshiva. When we got there, you know, he was telling me about how important it is for a person who's, who's you know, growing to grow in the way of Torah, that in America, his famous phrase was, it's faker American, that there's nothing real in America, everything is fake in America, there's, there's nothing to be gained by living in America, that if I really wanted to have a life, that I should just stay at the yeshiva, and I'm thinking, this guy, you know, fine, he's trying to give me the sale. Of course, this time, you know, this is all, all happening around the time when the Moonies and people are getting cult into cults. This is like 19, if I, was, if I was 30 years old, this is 1983. Anyway, so I'm listening to this guy, and I'm thinking, you know, there's no way I'm staying here 
and you know not going back I'm on a you know month-long vacation I've got a job in California I've got a girlfriend I've got you know an apartment I got everything there and so this guy is just yak 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 so anyways he says look while you're here before you go to sleep why don't you uh, talk to one of the students here and see you know get his get his perspective on it you know he's a guy who's from the United States who who's come to join the yeshiva and I said yeah no problem I'd like to meet him anyway so this guy comes in a young guy comes in about my age and he the strange thing is about this guy is that he sounds exactly like a high school friend of mine Dan Podolsky I mean Danny had a very distinctive way of talking and this guy had exactly the same voice. And I was like shocked. I was like freaked out. I'm going, whoa, man, the same voice as Podowski, this guy. And he's telling me how happy he is and how he's got a wife and how he came to the yeshiva. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, amazing. Anyways, I finished talking with this guy, and the rabbi came back in, and he said, look, talk to another guy. So he sent in another student. The next student comes in. This guy freaks me out again. This guy has exactly the voice of the caretaker in my parents' retirement community in Southern California. And I'm just thinking, I don't believe this. This guy's, These guys, it's like, it's like freaky. So these guys are telling me how happy they are, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, the rabbi comes back in, and he's telling me, you know, I should really stay, and I should really consider giving him my passport, and just sending a note to my parents that he's willing to send a note to my parents, and to my boss, and to whoever it is, saying, look, David's decided to join the yeshiva, and... Uh, and everything would work out and everybody will be happy. So I'm thinking, I can't, I can't do that. So, you know, I tell them, look, I, I appreciate the people that I've talked to. They sound very nice. But the truth is, is that I have responsibilities back in the United States. I have a job. I'm in the middle of a research project. I've got a girlfriend. And, you know, I just can't. I have an apartment. I pay rent. I just can't, you know, not go back. I said, you know, I, I'd love to be a from person. I'd love to learn Torah. But I'm, uh, you know, I've got obligations back in the States. I just can't pick up and decide on a whim to stay in spot. You know, it just it sounds crazy. So, you know, he says to me, he says, what to tell me about your girlfriend. So I tell him, look, um, her name is Risa Copeland. And I've been dating her for a couple years, and, you know, I'll, I'll probably marry her. So he looks at me, he says, do you have a picture of her? So I'm really kind of like, oh, man, this is getting freaky. I don't want to, you know, show him a picture of her. I, I don't think I want to show him a picture of her. So I just, I just tell him, no, I don't have a picture. Truth is, I do have a picture of my wallet. I tell him I don't have a picture. And he says, he says I don't think you're going to marry her. So I'm thinking, huh, the chutzpah. You know, this guy's telling me I'm not going to marry the, the girl that I've been dating for two years. I mean, it's ridiculous. So it turns out that he, you know, I figured faker American. He's just hitting me with this on and on and on. Anyways, it's getting late. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I figured time to go to bed. So I tell him, really, look, i got to get up early tomorrow. i got things I need to do, you know. He says, yeah, 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 go to sleep. So I lay down, I go to sleep, and I really have a hard time falling asleep. I'm thinking, you know what? My research really isn't going so good. And, you know, maybe this, maybe it's not such a bad idea. Really, I, after all, Akosh Borhu brought me here. He introduced me to this guy. He's got these two Talmudians that sound just like friends of mine. 
maybe I should think about this. And so I really had a hard time falling asleep. I don't remember how long I really stayed up, but I remember it was hard to fall asleep. When I woke up in the morning, it was like, you know, maybe I should stay. Maybe I should. Maybe this would be a good idea. Maybe it's an opportunity for me to to, to finally become the firm person I wanted to become. You know, with research responsibilities and parental responsibilities and apartments. You know, it's like I never could make that leap to say, leave all that stuff behind. Go learn Torah. I mean, that's what you really would like to do. Because you know, I'm just tied into my other life. So I woke up in the morning thinking, maybe I could. Maybe I could stay. And I get up and I, I'm, I'm making myself a cup of coffee. And I, I say to Akash Boko, I said, Akash Boko, I really need some help here. I don't know what to do. I really don't know. America, maybe it is fake or American. And, and maybe this is an opportunity for me I shouldn't pass up. And I really could use some help here. So... Everybody else is sleeping at the yeshiva. Nobody's come in to talk to me. And I make myself a cup of coffee. And I normally take sugar in my coffee. And I see on the table there's a large sugar bowl. And so I take two teaspoons of sugar. And I put it in my coffee. And I stir it up, stir it up. I put some milk in. And then, you know, I'm just settling, settling back to think, think about this calmly, David. This is a big decision. And I take a sip of my coffee and the stuff that I put in was not sugar. It was salt. And I just put in two teaspoons of salt into my coffee. And it was just shocking. It just like woke me up. I thought, ooh, gosh, terrible. Ugh. And I thought, that's it. That was the sign. I know probably now you're not supposed to go on those things. But it told me, boom, don't stay. You have responsibilities. Go back to the United States. When it's supposed to happen, it'll happen. And I made a decision right there and then that I'm going to get out of there. And I knew it was going to be hard because I knew the charisma of this rabbi was just not going to make it an easy leave. So I just made up my mind, I'm going to leave, and that's the whole story. Anyways, so the rabbi gets up. I say my goodbyes. He tells me it's fake or American. I'm making a big mistake. Anyways, I managed to get out the door, and this I remember very clearly. I'm walking up the street. It's a brilliantly bright, sunny day, and the jackhammers are taking up the concrete, it seems, on both sides of the street. And it was so loud. It, the, I remember thinking, I've just cracked the universe, that the decision I just made has just rippled effect throughout the universe, that I've just made, a, I don't know if it was a mistake, but whatever it was, but the decision I had just made was non-trivial, that, that it, was, it, was a, it was a crack, it seemed like just a crack in the universe, and I had tears rolling down my, flowing down my face, I was crying, just like a baby, I was walking up the street, bright sunshine, and the jackhammers were going, and I'm crying. I'm really crying. And I just couldn't believe it. I said, Dave, don't go back. Don't go back. Just keep walking. And for days, it was like, it was so tough. For days, I kept thinking, go back. Don't go back. Go back. Don't go back. It was really, really crazy. It turned out that, you know, within five, five years from then, I was already going to be married. Not Teresa Copeland. So that's another story. Um, 
I would be married to a different Risa Copeland. I would be married to Risa Copeland from West Bloomfield, Michigan, whose name is Karen, whose Hebrew name is Ruth or Risa. And so this, this rabbi, somehow he knew when he asked me for the picture, he wanted to see if this was going to be the right girl. Years and years later, I told this story to somebody and they said, David, don't you understand why he wanted to see a picture? Because he knew that, that there was another Risa Copeland going to be there. And this was the first one that you had already known. But you weren't going to marry her. You're going to marry one whose English name is Karen. Karen Copeland. Different spelling. Sounds the same. But it was a very spiritual kind of place. It's very, very strange. Anyways... During that trip in Israel, I saw that rabbi two more times. I'm traveling through the country. I saw him on a city bus. I saw him pass me on the street. It's like, like he was following me, but he couldn't have been following me. Anyways, it's the whole thing was just an amazing event in my life. And as I said, it turned out five years later, I became from and Shomer Shabbos and married to a wonderful girl named Karen Copeland. And that's the story of Svat. Have a good day.